Welcome to Embrace Your Brain's exciting new series called Embracing the Mature Mind. Join Dr. Dee Coulter as she explores the natural brilliance awaiting us all in the upper decades. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, regulation. Even worms do it. We started out last time trying to understand the dynamics of chronic pain. Before we can go much further in that quest, we have to take a short detour and really understand what regulation means and what it has to do with resiliency and recovery. Then we can understand what happens when that breaks down and creates chronic pain. All living systems have regulatory mechanisms. It's as if they have invisible meters that let their systems know when it's going too far in one direction and it's time to start swinging back to the other direction. So we need to understand more about these amazing meters. For starters, we could picture these invisible meters as being rather like the speedometer in your car. The needle can point straight up, we'll call that perfect balance, or it can swing to the right as the car accelerates or swing to the left as it winds down. But even a lowly earthworm's meter is much better than the car's because it can also signal when it's time to make a course correction. Without that sensing device, they'd slip into marshes and drown, or they'd bump into a rock and just keep pushing until they died. All of our organs operate this way, too, with built-in signaling devices guiding them so they keep returning to that balance point. Take our lungs, for instance. They pull in air to fill, but then their meter signals that it's time to exhale and push the air back out. Once the meter signals that it's empty enough, the lungs begin to fill again. Our emotions are like that too. When young children swing from overly withdrawn to tantrums, or adolescents swing from high anxiety to serious depression, we want to coach them into being more balanced, more able to self-regulate. And hopefully we too have learned to handle our thoughts and emotions and actions so that we don't fall out of balance either. Well, that brings up one more feature to these living systems meters. They have a critical point partway down the swing from the balance point in each direction. It's a point where it gets too high or too low. It's called the point of inflection, or in popular terms, we call it the tipping point. That's the point where the action has gone so far in one direction that it no longer can return to balance. It's now doomed to spiral up and out of control or down to utter collapse. Lots of events can throw us out of balance and push us past that pit tipping point. But then usually we don't get stuck out there. Somehow we bounce back into the safety zone again and get our rhythm back. So how do we do that? It's called resiliency. We all have it. And it, depending on the kind of event and what's going on in our lives in general, we may or may not have enough to begin the recovery process. Maybe our physical bodies can handle a shock, but our emotions are more fragile. Or perhaps our emotional life is resilient, but financially we're barely making it, and our whole way of life can fall apart with one major event. So now think about the events in your life, the surprises that stood out from the background rhythm of your day. The joyful ones were probably welcome. Even the mild obstacles are useful. They keep us alert, and they add a kind of interest. The detours in our travels, the need to change our breakfast plans if we're out of some favorite food, 
appointments that come up or get switched around, the people, plants, and animals in our lives that need extra attention some days. But then there are the surprises that throw wrenches into our lives, that are capable of throwing us off balance and disrupting our basic regulation. If they manage to overwhelm us, we begin to spiral. These spirals can go upward, propelled by anger or fear, and then we say we've spiraled out of control. We may feel rage and loss of impulse control, or panic and suffer from panic attacks. If we spiral downward, we may collapse into apathy or sorrow. We can get caught up in cycles of grief or lose all interest in life and collapse into feelings of helplessness and depression. Both kinds of spirals pull us away from recovery, from the hope of restoring balance and regulation. These wrenches are usually unexpected, sudden impacts that cause our lives to fall apart. Injuries or other health crises, emotional losses from breakup, separations, or even death of key people in our lives. Job losses, food and housing insecurities. While everyone gets knocked to the ground, when events like these happen, not everyone spirals. Some have surprising levels of resiliency. So here's what we know about those folks. They often have lives filled with ceremony and traditions. They have a rich daily rhythm and routines. And they may even have some skills they practice a lot. Music, art, cooking, writing. Some outlet that they do often enough that it enriches them. It's moved from something they practice to a nourishing rhythm that they would feel incomplete without. We'd say that they began as practicing, but it's now become a practice. These resilient folks also have small ways that they cope with chaos as it arises. They may take a few deep breaths. They may stop and have a cup of tea or slowly massage their face. They may roll their shoulders and neck to release tension or quietly say to themselves, it's okay, I got this. Or I may not like this, but it is workable. These are all small regulatory acts that calm and balance their systems so they can head off spiraling sensations. But these resilient patterns aren't enough when really major events happen. Many of us encounter events so extreme and so painful or so disruptive that we're thrown way past that tipping point and into a spiral. So now what? Have you ever had an event like that, one that you recovered from? Most of the time we do go into a recovery mode and pull ourselves back toward the balancing point again. There's a real art to engaging that recovery response. It involves working skillfully with spiraling circumstances. Here are some things to try in the face of disastrous events. We can simply let things fall apart. It sounds strange, but then we could move to create a new order. Some decades back, there were some terrible tornadoes that hit Honduras and Nicaragua. Well, in Nicaragua, folks were no longer doing much farming. They had moved to the cities to try to survive, and they had a rather intricate dependent system going. In Honduras, they were still subsistence and bare subsistence farmers. So when everything fell apart, in Nicaragua, they became despairing and needing even more help. In Honduras, after a few days of mourning and burying their dead and dealing with the injured, 
they went out among the rubble and pulled all the nails they could find so they could begin rebuilding. Perhaps it was because they had the rhythm of nature as their background. If we let things fall apart, if we're less attached to holding on to the things the way they are, then we're less likely to stress about the ambiguity and the shock, and that can soften the impact of the disastrous event. Then we can begin to focus on workability rather than the status quo. So now we're ready to explore the mystery of chronic pain more clearly. Next time, we'll look more deeply into what happens when the spiraling just won't stop. The recovery mode doesn't engage, and we actually need some sort of miracle to break that miserable cycle. I really hope you'll join me in this important conversation. Please send your comments for sharing to d at embraceyourbrain.com. I look forward to hearing from you.